In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, how to set up a vertical farm. By 2050, the world's population is expected to grow by a whopping 9.7 billion people. Growing food and feeding everyone will be a huge challenge, but vertical farming could be our saving grace. That's great, Dawn. But are indoor vertical farms really the future of agriculture? We chat to investment banker turned farmer Stuart Oda, who explains how this method can maintain better safety standards, save money, use less water, and help provide for future generations. Our book of the week takes a bit of a twist. Food from Zanzi's Sinhalese West citizen journalist Melanie Baumeister. Reviews, Recipes of Love and Murder by renowned South African author Sally Andrews. Not a traditional book for business owners, but there are a few lessons to be learned from the characters in this story about farmers and urban dwellers thriving in the Klein Karoo. And then later in the show, the very latest Stats SA update shows further growth in agriculture bringing the sector's overall 2020 performance to 13.1%. Davi Marie, the Head of Agriculture, Information and Marketing at FNB Agribusiness, speaks about the factors influencing agriculture's strong performance. Also in today's show, our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from Gauteng Urban Rooftop Farmer and owner of Mkrebo Wealth Rooftop Farm, Sibongile Kele. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzansi, welcome to episode 66 of Food for Mzansi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, and we have some exciting news to share this week. Think we might need a little bit of a drum roll. <laughs> and I'm Duncan Masiwa. Yes, definitely, Dawn. We're still on cloud nine after Food from Zanzi just bagged two nominations in the 2021 Global Media Awards. Can you believe it, Dawn? An insanely cool performance after we were also awarded last year in the African Digital Media Awards. We really did not see this one coming. These nominations places Foodform Zanzi on a world stage alongside publications such as the New York Times in the US, South China Morning Post in Hong Kong, The Times of India in India, and El Colombiano in Colombia. We're keeping our fingers and toes crossed. Okay, let's kick off today's show. We're talking all things vertical farming. Journalist Donna van Eden chats to Kaya Maloney urban agriculture entrepreneur and founder of AfriLeap. Hey Dawn and Duncan. So vertical farming seems to be the farming method of the future, taking up less space and yielding more crops while conserving water. If you have considered getting into this farming method, or perhaps you're interested in learning more, then listen up. We now chat to Kaya Maloney, owner of Kaya, a controlled environment agriculture vertical farm on a rooftop in Constitution Hill, Johannesburg. So Kaya, what got you into vertical farming? Hi Donna, I was just watching something on TV. I just realized what mindless entertainment that I was watching and it was a Sunday evening and I switched over to carte blanche to stimulate my brain and I found that they were speaking about these rooftop gardens in, in New York. 
being the entrepreneur that I am, I saw an opportunity in something like that. So I did some research and found out that there really wasn't a rooftop solution for agriculture in the urban market. At the end of that show, they did mention a company that's looking into it for inner city Johannesburg. The entrepreneur in me saw that as an opportunity because I already knew of a hydroponics company that was already operating like that. So what I did was I approached that hydroponics farming company to say that I'm from government and I would like to use their service as a solution. And I went to the mining council and the company that had the solution for expanding their greenhouses on top of Joburg. And I told them that I'm from this hydroponics company and I'd like to work with them. So I basically acted like one to the other in order to get into the space. And there was a pricing problem, which was too high for the company that was looking to expand hydroponic solutions on rooftops. So they asked me to join the incubation and learn for myself. The company name is Whipsy, which stands for Wouldn't It Be Cool Incubation Innovation Hub. They basically have rooftop farming and agriculture farming for plans for 100 rooftops in Johannesburg to grow fresh quality crops on rooftops for the inner city to provide the markets and create employment and all these things. Also, the incubation and the funders of this thing are GWK, the Constitutional Hill Jobs Fund. It's an initiative they brought on together, and I was fortunate enough to be that. And the crop of choice I chose were hops. Hops are the main ingredient, and in, historically in beer, they give it the bitterness and that fresh aroma. But the thing about hops is they're only grown out in George. So that is an opportunity that if I could manipulate the environmental conditions of how they grow in George. George is a coastal area. It has long summers. It has 16 days of sunlight during the day. Certain temperatures that allow for the hop crop to grow efficiently. So I manipulated the environment in my greenhouse tunnel to mimic and fool the plant into thinking that the conditions were similar to George so that it would grow. Okay, and tell us, how does vertical farming work exactly? Basically, it's a technique of farming that makes it possible to have agriculture in the urban city in a much smaller space. Techniques like hydroponics, aquaponics, and aeroponics, which uses wind, are then techniques you can use to grow. It's a soilless form of agriculture that allows nutrients such as nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium to be directly dialed into the roots of the plant using a filtration system that goes from tank which you able to do and manipulate the nutrients and measure the nutrients and the ph and the temperature of the water and it filters right through all the way and you have to have the roots of whatever plant touching that water with the nutrients in it it makes it more efficient for the growth the yield size it uses less water than traditional farming which is done on land and soil less waste less pesticide use because it's normally in a controlled environment to manipulate the plant into thinking that it's in the same natural habitat. In the instance of hops, it's long strings that are sent upwards because hops grow from 8 to 15 centimeters a day, but vertical farming is usually stacked 
to make use of the space instead of horizontally on large piece of land of hectares and hectares now you're able to do that same thing using the filtration system to stack it upwards in the instance of hops it's long trellising and then the vines wrap themselves clockwise around those strings hops on traditional farms grow up to eight meters tall but in a controlled environment you're able to manipulate the space so that it grows vertically then horizontally at a certain point of your rooftop well now i'm pretty sure that starting our own vertical farm can't be easy can you break down some of the steps for aspiring vertical farmers vertical farming is a technique of growing that's been around for years i would say but it's only being popularized now because of the growing capacity of the world they estimate that 80 percent of the world will be living in urban areas in the next decade there would be a food shortage and food insecurity demand that needs to be met and i think vertical farming is a solution to that with that being said i think google and youtube are your friends there's so much info available and accessible regarding a vertical farming that anybody can learn i myself don't have any agricultural background academically or otherwise so i'm not green fingers i'm the opposite of that but it's something that's easy to learn and you learn as you go it's easily transferable knowledge that you can even teach after you've learned you learn as you grow and the good thing about vertical farming doesn't have huge financial consequences once you have everything set up if your plant turns yellow tomorrow the leaves tell you what's wrong what deficiency the plant has so in vertical farming quick learning and quick mistakes that you can easily fix so there's a lot of information on the internet regarding whatever grow techniques be it aeroponic aquaponic or hydroponic that you can just easily go on google or youtube to learn about the processes it's really not difficult and i encourage a lot of people especially people of color to test out and see what they can do in their backyards on rooftops in little containers on the shelves it comes in many forms and though the difference would be that the high startup costs in the long run it makes sense and you learn as you go the numbers start to make sense and it gets to a point where it ticks and everything makes sense all the information you learn and all comes together to form one great ball of information that just makes sense when you put it all together so it's not a steep learning curve at all it's generally learning as you go and finding your own way of being a vertical farmer but it's something i think is definitely needed for the future and what are some of the advantages and what about some of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way do you have any advice for new farmers one lesson i could advise everyone that's trying to go into vertical farming is always secure the market first even before you know anything about vertical farming and be able to crunch your numbers it becomes a very huge numbers game because if your overheads are higher than your the money you're making up a harvest then you're not in business you're only in business when the cash register rings one thing i'd advise is to know your numbers have the market secured and be sure to minimize costs in safety and staff in as much as you can make sure you're able to be hands-on every moment it's not something that you can do hands-free and just sit at home while the crops grow in just mixing nutrients and leaf and come back and everything will be fine it requires you 
to have the same commitment as you would if you had a 500 hectare farm. It's easier, faster, gives bigger yields and faster grow time. It also still requires as much dedication and learning and open-mindedness as you would at any other farm. Your margins are a lot smaller depending on your size of your farm. But if you get it right, you'll be very successful as, as a vertical farmer. Another important thing about vertical farming is very imperative and important for your business because it is essentially a business for you to focus on the type of crop you're growing. Everything is good and well to grow and hydroponics is just a technique. It doesn't replace it. It's not a new type of invention that's just going to magically throw money into your bank account. The type of crop you have to research before you start the hydroponics and aeroponics and aquaponics, which all are basically assumed to be vertical farming, what you should focus on. Focus on the type of crop, know what high value crops are, know how long it takes to grow them how long they harvest for, and work your margins according to the type of crop. Everybody can grow lettuce, everybody can grow spinach, hydroponic, make it faster, but your disadvantage will be the space and the quantities you're able to produce. And that decreases your margins drastically because at 14 rand per kilogram, now you're faced with something that limits the size and the yield of your crop and you're competing against a farmer who has seven hectares of spinach that they're just dumping at food market or something similar retailers as i've said and markets would rather deal with an excess of something than small quantities of something so when you grow something make sure that it's something that grows really in a specific area and you know when the harvests are and how much you can charge for that crop per kilogram retailers would love you the minute you save them time you save them logistical costs and you're able to produce them with something that's in scarcity and that's when you're making the money thanks so much it was really great connecting with you kaya Thanks, Donna, for that insightful conversation with urban rooftop farmer Sibongile Trele. Next up, investment banker turned farmer Stuart Oda points to indoor vertical farming, growing food on tiered racks in a controlled, climate-proof environment. In a thought-provoking talk, he explains how this method can maintain better safety standards, save money, use less water, and help provide for future generations. So if you live on planet Earth and you're one of 7 billion people that eats food every day, I need you to pay attention because over the next three decades, we will need to address one of the most critical global challenges of our generation. And I'm not talking about climate change. I'm talking about food and agriculture. In 2050, our global population is projected to reach 9.8 billion, with 68% of us living in urban city centers. In order to feed this massive population, we will need to increase our agricultural output by 70% over current levels. Just to put this number into perspective, we will need to grow more food in the next 35 to 40 years than the previous 10,000 years combined. Put simply, not only is our global population becoming bigger, but it's also getting denser. And we will need to grow significantly more food using significantly less land and resources. Complicating our current efforts to address these major demographic shifts are the challenges facing the agricultural industry today. Globally, one-third of all the food that we produce is wasted, equating to 1.6 billion tons of food that spoiled on the way to the market, 
or expired in our refrigerators, or were simply thrown out by supermarkets and restaurants at the end of the day. Every single year, up to 600 million people will get sick eating contaminated food, highlighting the challenge that we have of maintaining global food safety. And maybe unsurprisingly, the agricultural industry is the single largest consumer of fresh water, accounting for 70% of global usage. Now, you'll be relieved to know that the agricultural industry and the global movement by universities, companies, and NGOs is putting together comprehensive research and developing novel technology to address all of these issues. And many have been doing it for decades. But one of the more recent innovations in food production being deployed in industrial parks in North America, in the urban city centers of Asia, and even in the arid deserts of the Middle East, is controlled environment agriculture. Controlled environment agriculture is actually just a fancy way of saying weather or climate-proof farming. And many of these farms grow food three-dimensionally in vertical racks, as opposed to the two dimensions of conventional farms. And so this type of food production is also referred to as indoor vertical farming. I've been involved in the indoor vertical farming space for the past five and a half years. Shipping container that we converted into an indoor farm and then launched into the heart and the heat of Dubai. Indoor vertical farming is a relatively recent phenomenon, commercially speaking. And the reason for this is that consumers care more about food safety and where their food comes from, and also the necessary technology to make this possible is more readily available and lower cost. And the overall cost of food production globally is actually increasing, making this type of food production more competitive. So if you want to build an indoor vertical farm, you will need to replace some of the conventional elements of farming with artificial substitutes, starting with sunlight. In indoor vertical farms, natural sunlight is replaced with artificial lighting like LEDs. While there are many different types of LEDs being used, the one that we decided to install here is called full-spectrum LEDs, which was optimized for the type of vegetables that we were growing. Also, in order to maximize production for a given space, indoor vertical farms also utilize and install racking systems to grow vegetables vertically. And some of the biggest facilities stack their production 14 to 16 floors high. Now, most of these farms are hydroponic or aeroponic systems, which means that instead of using soil, they use a substitute material like polyurethane sponges, biodegradable peat moss, and even use inorganic materials like perlite and clay pellets. Another unique aspect about these farms is that they use a precise nutrient formula that is circulated and recycled throughout the facility, and this is pumped directly to the vegetable's root zone to promote plant growth. And lastly, these farms use a sophisticated monitoring and automation system to significantly increase productivity, efficiency, and consistency. And these tools also provide the added benefit of producing food that is more traceable and safe. Thanks for joining us, investment banker turned farmer, Stuart Oda. Next up, the latest statistics of Africa GDP update has shown further growth in agriculture of 5.9% in the fourth quarter of 2020, bringing the overall 2020 performance to 13.1%. Now, according to Davi Marie, head of agriculture information and marketing at F&B Agribusiness, the strong fourth quarter agriculture outcome was underpinned by increased production of animal products, which account for over 50% of the country's agriculture gross producer value. The latest GDP numbers released by Stats SA showed strong growth in the agricultural sector of 5.9% for the fourth quarter of last year, resulting in a growth performance of 13.1% 
overall in 2020 for the agricultural sector. This strong growth in the last quarter was underpinned by the increased animal production. Animal products defy the seasonal demand pressures during winter as well as the COVID-19 disruptions and came out stronger as prices were resilient across most categories. Favorable production conditions, strong export demand and a favorable rent exchange rate also helped boost overall agricultural performance in 2020. Despite the challenges of COVID-19, the fact was that agriculture was declared an essential service. We expect another good year for the agricultural industry with production conditions in all industries, horticulture, livestock and grain, conducive for further growth in 2021. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens for CO.za or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Now, our book of the week takes a bit of an interesting twist. We've got Food for Mzanzi's Sini Lizwe citizen journalist Melanie Baumeister with us to review Recipes for Love and Murder by renowned South African author Sally Andrews. Now, not a traditional book for business owners, but there are a few lessons to be learned from the farmer and urban dwellers thriving in the Kleinkerwe if not from their financial savvy, but from their stories about their lives and habitats. Hey Dawn and Duncan, I'm going to be reviewing a piece of South African fiction by renowned author Sally Andrew, Recipes for Love and Murder. Not traditionally an inspirational book for business owners, but hear me out. This novel, a Tani Maria mystery, is based in the beautiful Klein Karua, where farmers and urban dwellers thrive, if not from their financial savvy, but from the stories that come from their lives and habitats. The book is littered with recipes of South African fare, from cook sisters to the legendary buttermilk rusks, a unique South African experience for anyone who has ever eaten either of these confectionaries. And therein lies the advice for business owners all over the world. Keep it sweet, keep it light, and do your business with a smile. Let's keep in mind the process of baked goods. From raw materials to deliciousness, there's always a literal baptism of fire. Take, for example, the humble cook sister, the pastry is bashed down, shaped, cut into ribbons, deep-fried, and then while still piping hot, placed into the fragrant syrup of sugar, cinnamon, ginger, and lemon, which is prepared in advance. As a business owner, don't you sometimes feel bashed down and shaped before you're thrown into the boiling hot oil of a crisis? As the difficulties loom in your business life, be prepared for anything that it throws at you. Have a safety net, a support group of like-minded people, personal champions, and mentors. And it doesn't hurt to have a bit of money, too that you might have managed to squirrel away in the better months. Adjust the heat settings, call in the experts, or at least a sympathetic ear, talk it out, go back to your roots, and focus on the core of your business practice. Remember when you were starting out? Those little steps were essential and still are. Go over them again and repeat until success is in sight. You can email info at foodformzanzi.co.za if you want to suggest the next book of the week. Next up... CropWatch Africa, a specialized service provider that focuses on supporting farmers, researchers, industries and government across Africa to safeguard their resources, has developed an app that aims to provide detailed information on outbreaks. 
CropWatch Africa owner, Rudolf Nivenes, says the app is available on Android, iOS and Huawei app stores free of charge. CropWatch Africa is a specialized service provider focusing on the early detection of invasive pests or diseases across the region and have developed a user-friendly app called Biosecurity Africa, which is an easy and effective way to submit pests, disease or migratory sightings across Southern Africa. The app, which is available on Android, iOS and Huawei stores free of charge, allows you to instantly report sightings to your country's specific National Plant Protection Office for accurate decision-making and rapid response to outbreaks. Available for farmers, the public, government, research and industry means that everyone can help map pests, diseases and migratories by using their phones. GPS coordinates are captured automatically and you can record your sightings in online or offline mode. This is a very important step in managing and monitoring invasive species, stopping disease outbreaks and tracking migratory patterns across the region. Some of the important features are as follows. It's an easy to use tool for pest, disease or migratory sightings. It includes images of most invasive and native pests, diseases and migratories in the region. You can view and edit your sightings using the map function. Data is not shared between countries unless they mutually request the data to be shared. And governments can keep their farmers updated via an alert function on the app. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. On a lighter note, autumn is here and home cook Tandi Boshomane has the perfect beef and cabbage stew to make for a busy weeknight meal or just anytime you crave a delicious stew. She also shares her secret to the perfect home cooked South African meal. So I'm just going to give you a quick tip on baking. You must always preheat your oven 30 minutes to an hour before baking. Make sure that your ingredients are at the right temperature. I prefer my ingredients to be at room temperature at all times and also make sure that you use correct measurements. Use a scale if you have or if you do not have, use good quality tools to measure your ingredients. Please do not open the oven while baking. You must always wait until it is done. And then one of my secret ingredients that I use when baking a chocolate cake I use extra virgin olive oil instead of a butter. I use olive oil from Ubuntu as it makes the cake moist and it makes the cake to even stay longer. Thanks home cook Tandi Boshomani. Be sure to check out her interview and recipe on foodformzanzi.co.za. Agriculture is not just about farming. 
It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. Right through all departments and companies within the VKB Group, we know that farming is not just a job, it's a way of life. Let VKB help you in all aspects of the food value chain by efficiently reducing costs and optimizing value. Follow VKB on Facebook or vkb.co.za to find out how VKB can help you. VKB, for the love of the land. We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track episode. But before we let you go, Sibongile Trele, a Gauteng-based urban rooftop farmer and owner of Umtrebe Wealth Rooftop Farm, highlights some of the advantages and disadvantages of starting up a vertical or hydroponics farming system. For people who want to start up uh, using hydroponics, the advantage is that you're able to produce all year round, you're able to produce saving water and also saving space. You maximize your space that you're using. But the initial cost is a disadvantage because you need to raise up a lot of capital as initial cost that you'd be using for setting up your farm. It means you need to save up and get enough funding to do the setup. Once you set up, then you're able to start trading on your produce and you're able to start farming. And there's also an opportunity to scale up if you've identified more space. The other disadvantage that I had experienced because we were using water pumps and there was lots of load shedding. So it means then when you invest in your farm, you need to have solar panels that will run your water pumps so that you don't have a challenge when there's load shedding and the water is not moving to water your plants because our plants grow in water. So hydroponics, if there's shortage of water, the pumps are not pumping in water, there's a loss of crops. But if you've got a solar panel, whenever there's load shedding, you're able to continue with, with the process of growing your food on the units. And Sibongile Trele's Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Remember, if you love the podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Don Numdu, Duncan Masiwa and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team, have a great week and please let's continue to keep each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.